everybody, welcome back to the Pine Hills Church Podcast. We're so grateful that you're choosing to gather with us through this medium to kind of tune into the conversations that we're having in our own community. And so the past few weeks as we've kicked off the launch of Pine Hills Church, which is exciting, on Sunday we celebrated a month of gathering. And so this is so exciting just to see what God is doing and what God is continuing to do in our community. But we kicked off a series called Jesus Is. We're asking people to consider who Jesus might be for their own life as Jesus invites us into this, as he shows us who he is, as he reveals his character and nature, as he does life with us and extends the invitation to do life with him in relationship with him. He at some point asks us what our opinion of him is. And so we see this with the early followers, but he's also doing this with us. And so over the last few weeks, we looked at how Jesus can actually be our hope, that he could be our teacher, that he could be our savior. And this week, we're looking at how Jesus can be our healer. And so as Jesus has been revealing these things to us, we need to think through for ourselves what it is that we believe about Jesus and are we willing to follow after Jesus and experience everything that he might have for our lives? And so to get into the teaching for this podcast, let's start by reading Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. And then 1 Peter 2, verses 24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. See, Jesus has revealed in the scriptures, and actually what's revealed to us in experience is a really captivating person. In the scriptures, we begin to learn as we read through the narratives, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see how Jesus healed the sick, and Jesus healed the deaf and the mute, Jesus healed the blind, Jesus healed people who were crippled. Jesus healed skin diseases that kept people from being able to engage in community. Jesus healed people that were possessed by other things, restoring people to their right minds, emotions, and spirits. We see Jesus raise the dead. And even while Jesus is being arrested to be killed, he heals a guard's ear that was cut off from one of his overzealous followers attempting to protect Jesus from being arrested to be put on trial and eventually killed. When we see Jesus, he heals relationally by restoring relationship with God and with the wider community. We see Jesus confront unjust systems as he brings healing by exposing those things. We see miracles, signs, and wonders. And we see these because they were a demonstration that the kingdom of God had come near in Jesus, that heaven was invading earth. Heaven being the place where God's will is done all of the time. Earth being the place where God's will is done some of the time. But when heaven invades earth, it's where we get glimpses of God's desire for the world, that people wouldn't suffer but would experience freedom in God 
and freedom to walk in relationship to God. This is why Jesus teaches us to pray this way. God, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And Jesus showed us consistently through the scriptures that he has the authority to restore relationship with God, to mend what is broken, to heal what is sick, to forgive mistakes, and to set right what is unjust, along with so many other things. And it's not just the testimony of scriptures, but the testimony of so many people who have walked in those same dusty footsteps of their teacher and savior. These testimonies speak of Jesus's ability to heal, to heal physically, emotionally, spiritually, cognitively, relationally, and I'm sure, I'm sure so many other ways. And these things that they're always on offer from Jesus, but these things don't always show up in the same way because they're unique to each individual person and their stories, and they're unique to each of our relationship with God because we're not all the same, and our stories aren't the same, and faith isn't cookie-cutter but is actually complex and really beautiful and amazing, but there's so much mystery in the midst of it all. And because of this, many people can be confused, frustrated, and lose faith that God still works this way, that we see Jesus work in the scriptures. We get kind of jaded because we don't experience the same things at times. And so we, at times, lose faith or walk away from God or we bail on the relationship. And we just want to talk about that tension. We want to talk about it openly. But we also want to affirm that God does still heal today. Even when it doesn't always make sense to us, even when it isn't happening the way we want it or on our timetable. In scripture, we not only see that Jesus heals, but we see how Jesus heals. Jesus, he heals us sometimes immediately through immediate healing, sometimes over time through progressive healing, and sometimes when we're with him in heaven, where we get to experience kind of freedom from the things that hold us back in the body or the things that ail us or the things that we walk through, through eventual healing. And so through immediate healing, progressive healing, and eventual healing, and just to break those things down just a bit, pretty quickly, immediate healing. This is the one that we most want. This is the one that I most want at times. When I pray, I want God to move right now in this moment, probably because we're so fixated on instantaneous gratification in our culture. And when that doesn't happen, we tend to just kind of bail out. We don't want to continue to follow. While this can happen, and we should pray that it does happen, we need to be aware that it is only one way that God might heal. Many of the things we had just listed off and talked about, you see in the scriptures of Jesus coming across someone and extending healing to them, and they're immediately healed in that moment. But it doesn't always happen as we're going to look and as we're going to see. And the question that we all need to wrestle through is if we're going to continue to follow even if it doesn't happen right away. Will you still put your trust in Jesus when he stretches you to trust just a little? And there's something in the tension as we continue to learn, lean into dependency on God. That healing will come, but maybe it's going to happen not immediately, but maybe over time it's going to happen progressively. Mark chapter 8, verses 20 through 2 through 25 says this, When they arrived at Bethsaida, 
some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and to heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. So obviously, such a strange story, and obviously, probably not the way that the man wanted to be healed. And if I could be honest, that's not the way that I would want to be healed either, especially in a post-COVID world with all of our ideas of germs and how infection is spread and all of these different things. But maybe when something is so bad, you're willing to trust God with what seems ridiculous and maybe even offensive to obtain the thing that you are searching for, which is ultimately that healing. And notice that Jesus has the power to heal immediately. He's the son of God. We see him time and time again, healing people or at times like healing people who aren't even in the same vicinity of him, healing people who are far away, just say the word and that person will be healed and they are healed. Like we know Jesus has the ability to do that thing. But here we see that Jesus kind of progressively heals in stages. And we don't really know why, but maybe there is something to the testimony in scripture that healing comes, but at times not always at one time. And maybe it doesn't happen always in the same way. And maybe at times Jesus works through different things. And maybe Jesus at times is mysterious and complex with how he works things out, but he does work things out. And maybe it happens in part and it requires continued faith to keep pursuing your healing through continued trust in Jesus. Receiving healing requires faith or trust in God, but sometimes we need God's help to even believe. Mark chapter 9, verse 17 through 29. And for context, Jesus had sent the disciples out with the authority to preach the gospel to pray and see people healed, to see people set free from evil oppression over their life. But part of the teaching experience is, is to learn when things don't always go the same way all the time or when things don't work out, to come back and to reflect with Jesus about what happened in that and what we can learn and, and maybe learn more about the complexity of life or how God works at times or just to build our faith. Maybe there's something happening in the mixed, midst of all of those things. Maybe this is what's happening here. Starting in verse 17, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long? Has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, 
since he was a little boy. The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, that makes this boy unable to hear and to speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Which is another interesting story. And there's a ton of interesting stories in the Bible. And I think the text leads you to believe that healing didn't happen because of the people's lack of faith. And then when reflecting with the disciples, Jesus said that this kind of thing can only happen in prayer. Couple that with the prayer that the man actually speaks, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. See, I think something happens through the process of continued prayer. As something happens to our faith, it builds a resilience that that deepens our walk with God and it deepens our trust with Him and it helps us to actually become stronger so that we can navigate our faith in the midst of a fractured and fragile world, meaning we need to trust God in the process. And we can openly name how we feel, but we need to ask God, can you help us? I believe God, but would you help my unbelief? Maybe the type of healing that we need requires us to unlearn habits and practices that create brokenness in our lives and learn habits and practices that bring about actual life. Romans 12, 1 through 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So notice that God can transform you. Maybe another way to say that is that God can heal you and help you to become a new person by changing the way you think, which again, remember repentance means, means to change the way you think to repent of this old life, to begin to accept and to live into this new life as you follow in the ways of your teacher, as you daily learn to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do the things that Jesus would have you to do. So in light of everything that Jesus has done and is doing and will do, we need to offer our full selves to God as living sacrifices this could be our offering to God that what you've done for me, God, I give you my life and I'll follow after you and I'll go after you. Everything I do, everything I think, everything I feel, God, I'm offering it to you. This is how we embody our faith. 
And this is where faith becomes real. It's not just this stuff that we think. It, it works itself into everything in every part of our lives. And as we do that, slowly over time, we begin to shed practices or die to practices that we've picked up from the world that actually don't lead to life so that we can learn practices and habits that form us into the life-giving people that God has created us to be. But it requires embracing the process and responding to God in trust as he puts his finger on things in our life that need to change. But he is there to help along the way. And I should also mention that the context of this passage is actually living in community where God can continue to transform you into who he wants you to become by working through the gifts of other people in community. And so how this is how Jesus, he heals immediately. But at times, again, it's, it could be progressive. It could be over time. It could be stages of healing. Or it could also be stages of unlearning things that don't bring about healing and hope in our lives, that are bringing about the wrong stuff so we can find the healing and we can learn and re relearn things at times and lean into all that he is asking us to become. And then there's that this other one, eventual healing. There are things that we're going to be healed in, but maybe not until we are united with God fully in heaven, which is, I think, one of the more difficult ones to talk about. Paul, who has seen Jesus work through him to see so many people come to faith, so many churches planted through his missionary work, so many people formed through his letters into the image of Jesus. He's seen people raised from the dead. He's seen so many things. And he saw something in his own life that began to, to kind of plague him. He calls it an actual a thorn in his flesh. And he begins to pray. After he's seen God do all of these other things, these amazing miracles, he's seen God do awesome things through his life and around his life. And so he asked God, God, would you take all of this stuff away? And we're going to see how God responds to this in a, in a second. Second Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says this. So to keep me from becoming proud in light of everything that Paul had seen and done and seen God do around him, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's a lot of debate about what the thorn in the flesh might be. Paul doesn't reveal it. I think he does that on purpose. Maybe to help us to all relate to, to things in our own lives at times that we want God to take away. And we pray, God, would you take these things away? Would you do it immediately, God? But even if you don't do that, would you do it progressively over time? But take it away, God. Like, let this thing not plague me. Let this thing not be part of my story or something I have to suffer through or suffer with. And sometimes in relationship with God, God is going to say, my grace is sufficient for you. My power works best in weakness. 
to essentially know and essentially know but I'm giving you grace and I'm giving you the power to depend upon me. And the thing that you'll boast about won't be in what the world boasts about. It's not going to be in ourselves. We're going to boast about God, that God would work through our stories, that God would work through our weaknesses, that God brings about power in that way to demonstrate that God works through the hard stuff of life, that beauty and faith still comes out of the crevices of at times really dark and hard to understand things. But God is the strength in the midst of all of that, that God is helping us to move along, that God is helping us to have light in the darkness. God is helping us to have life and what might feel like death at times, that he is all that we need. And to be clear, I think, in my opinion, this requires a depth of faith and maturity to accept for our lives. So you have to be all in on Jesus and you have to be able to say, I trust in Jesus and everything. And I think most people, when they don't get what they want and they pull back from Jesus, it's actually a marker of immaturity and not maturity. But as you grow, especially as you grow into your older years, you're going to experience more and more things that are outside of your control, things you're experiencing that are becoming part of your story, your lived experience that you don't want to become part of your lived experience. And you might pray, God, I want you to take this away. And God might say, I'm with you and my grace will help you to walk through this. It requires faith and trust. And again, maybe we need to pray, God, I believe, I believe you in the midst of all this, but would you help me in my moments of unbelief? Would you help me in my moments of not knowing what to do or how to work through this? My moments where I become frustrated when I get my eyes so much on the thing that I want to change that I miss out on everything else that you're doing. And we get to walk this resilient faith out and faith in the midst of that, I think, is so beautiful and so wonderful because it's so real to see the gospel work out in the hard stuff of life makes the gospel so much power, so much more powerful than when you see people proclaim a gospel that works out only in the good stuff of life. See, the gospel is only good news if it works out in everything in life. And so we need to continue to trust God in the midst of all that. But we can also trust that the future for us as followers of Jesus is always brighter, that healing is always going to be coming, that God in his sovereignty, that God in his wisdom, when his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts, that he can choose to heal immediately in the moment. He can choose to heal progressively as he begins to grow our faith and do things in us that uh, wouldn't happen any other way. Or to or to say, hey, you know what? Like You're going to walk through this maybe for the rest of your life, but I'm with you and I'm going to help you to get through that. See, John, who is a follower of Jesus towards the end of his life, he writes this, Revelation 21, 1 through 5, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. 
He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. This is our future. This is heaven and earth finally fully united again. This is where things are going. And until then, as people of God, we continue to keep praying and believing that God can and will bring heaven to earth, that healing will break into our lives, that God will heal and mend and restore, and he'll do it in our physical life, in our spiritual life, in our emotional life, in our cognitive life, in our relational life, and in any other way. And we're going to continue to believe that God can and will do that. And we're going to trust God in the midst of all of it, that God, with everything that he has done, we're going to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God, saying, God, I believe in you. And everything you've done for me in my life is enough. If you don't do anything else, God, you are enough. And so I'll continue to lean on you in the complexity of life and the hardship of life and in the dark moments of life. I believe that you're good and that you have the power to bring about joy in the midst of difficulty, God, that you bring life in the midst of things that feel like death. And we're going to continue to believe and pray that heaven would break in to here on earth, break into things that are fractured and fragile. We're going to pray that in Bend, as in heaven, that in Pine Hills, it would be as it would be in heaven, in my life, as it is in heaven, in my family, as it is in heaven, in my workspace, as it is in heaven, in my neighborhood, as it is in heaven. God, bring an expression of your kingdom. God, help more and more people come to know you and see you and begin to know that we can announce that God does and can heal, but we're going to trust that it's going to happen according to God's will. And we're going to pray that more and more people would come to know God and that God would do these things as an expression of his kingdom here on earth. And so we're going to praise God when God does heal immediately. We're going to praise God when God does heal progressively over time. We're still going to praise God even when we walk through stuff. And we're going to praise God when we see people's lives continue to light up in faith as they journey through some hard and difficult stuff, knowing that God is always present, that he's always good, that he is sufficient. So what do we do in between? What do we do in the midst of that? Well, one, we continue to pray for healing and to surrender to God. We pray and we keep coming to God to pray over time, knowing that even in prayer, remember Jesus said, this can only come out through prayer. Something happens in our lives and through our hearts as we continue to do this daily practice of saying, I'm not in control, you're in control, God. So I pray over this thing that you would do your will in the midst of it. And I surrender the outcomes to you and your will to continue to live in gratitude and to look for God's grace in the small things that God is always working in your life. That even in the midst of going through something hard or difficult, maybe it's just strength to make it through the day as God's grace in your life. Maybe it's a bit of encouragement when you're down as God's grace in your life. Maybe it's your story working to bless someone else who's working through something hard in their life. That's grace for your life. And then we can even pray for increased faith that God can and will heal. And we can pray for increased faith to patiently endure. God, 
God, help. I believe, but help my unbelief. And know that there's tension here. But this is the life of faith. And this is what God is calling us into, even as a community, to believe that God would bring an expression of his kingdom through healing. And that more and more people will find healing that they're looking for in God. And that God's going to do it in all kinds of unique and beautiful ways. And there's going to be so many stories that come up from our community through God doing these things. And again, here is the promise that God is with you in all things, that God is with our community, that God loves you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, that he's given his life for you so that you can find life in him. So in reflection of all those things, we're going to do, we're going to give our body, we're going to give our lives completely to him as living sacrifices. As we wrap up the podcast, let's reflect on Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And so I just want you to take some time. Maybe it's now to pause the podcast or just to make space wherever you're at or to make space later in the day. Just to open up your hands as if you're receiving a gift from God. And I just want you to call to mind the thing that you need God's healing touch in, whatever that might be. It might be physically for a healing. It might be spiritually, emotionally. It might be in your thought life. It might be in your relationships with how you relate to God or how you relate to the world. I just want you to bring that thing to mind. God, we trust you in the midst of life, that you're good and you're faithful. God, we believe, but we confess at times that sometimes we, we don't have enough belief. And so would you increase our faith even now as we pray over these things? Increase our faith that you're powerful, enough to to handle these things and to bring resolution for these things in our life but you're also powerful enough to help us to walk through these things with grace as we depend upon you and so we pray would you move in a way that only you can and right now in this moment would you breathe your presence and your spirit over our lives and into our lives and would you fill us up with who you are that even when we walk through difficult things that we'd be so filled up by your presence that we would point other people to the hope of Jesus in the midst of hard things. So come, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Increase our faith. Touch these areas which are actually powerless. Everything else is powerless to, to touch, but you're powerful enough to do something about So come and do something about it. 
Help us to remember again everything that you're doing. Help us to see your work in our life. Help us to remember your faithfulness. Help us remember, God, that by your stripes that we're healed and by the blood that was shed on the cross for us, God, that we have the forgiveness of sins, that we get to walk in newness of life before you because of all that you've done for us. And in reflection of all of that, God, help us to offer all of ourselves our minds, our bodies, our spirits, our relationships, our work, everything that we do, let us offer it to you as a sacrifice that we would make much of you in all of these different things. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks everybody for being part of the podcast this week. We hope it is a blessing to you. If it has been a blessing to you, can you please share this podcast with someone? It might be a blessing to them. We just want to continue to extend the work that God is doing through Pine Hills Church, that it would be a blessing to whoever comes across it. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us through the website, pinehillschurch.org. If not, we'll see you through in the next episode. Have a great day. Bye.